0: Okay, so now about the elephants in the room, or the band-aid in the room here on my forehead. Um, Those of you who've known me for a long time, can you guess what this is about? Anybody? Moe's skin cancer surgery, yes. So, just what can I say? Be careful out there when you go in the sun, lather up. So let's get started. As you know, we are now in the third week of our sermon series, on the Ten Commandments. And before I get started, I have a question for you. So, the last two weeks, Steve has preached about two of the commandments, all right? So, what number are we on today? Anybody? Three, Three. well, I'm not so sure. It's actually kind of a trick question, right, Steve? because it depends what Christian tradition you come from how you count the commandments as if religion wasn't already hard enough because you see Catholics and Lutherans combine I am the Lord your God and you shall have no other gods before me with you shall not make any idols and that makes the first commandment but Jews make I am the Lord your God, the first commandment, then the second one combines, you shall have no other gods before me and you shall not make idols. That leaves the Orthodox Christians and most of us Protestants who break those two into two commandments and we agree with the Jewish numbering for all the rest. By the way, Catholics and Lutherans, in case you're wondering, get to 10 by splitting up, don't covet your neighbor's house and don't covet your neighbor's wife. I don't know what that says about Catholics and Lutherans, but uh, that's how it works. Okay, you get all that? Okay, there's not going to be a test on it. I just wanted you to know that. So anyway, however you count it, the commandment we are on today is where God says, you shall not take the Lord your God's name in vain for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And let's pray. God, I pray that you'll grant us all the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the hearts and minds to understand your word and your world this day as best we can in Jesus' name. Amen. So, if you look in the bullets and you might have noticed that I put those words two times the same words from that commandment whatever you number it i for me it's commandment number three that is because those those words those verses appear two times in the hebrew bible the first time is in the book of exodus so to put it into context it's just a A few months after the jewish people the israelites have escaped from slavery in egypt they cross the red sea they they're getting away from pharaoh's army and they come to mount sinai and moses if you remember goes up to talk it out with god and he he comes back down with two stone tablets that have all these commandments on them so uh, remember as steve said in his previous sermons that the commandments aren't just a bunch of arbitrary rules that you have to fulfill in order to win God's love, which is kind of a a bad reputation that a lot of Christians give to the Jews. It's not that at all. God already loves the people of Israel. That's before they even know what the rules are. God already loves them. And that's why God saved them from slavery in Egypt and promised us to take them to the promised land and god saved the people of israel for a reason and that reason is the same reason or purpose that god had told abraham so long ago way back in the book of genesis that his descendants would grow and flourish and in the future they would be a light unto the nations the children of abraham the the people of israel a light to the gentiles a light to the nations That is, they are chosen by God to be God's representatives in the world, to show everybody on earth by how the Jewish people or the Israelites, the Hebrews, live their own lives. How they do that shows the all-embracing love and mercy and justice and power of God. So, the 10 Commandments, or the 10 words as it literally says in Hebrew, they are the basis for a renewal of God's covenant with the people of Israel, the children of Abraham. They aren't just an arbitrary list of do's and don'ts from an all-powerful God who wants to like hold, you, hold your feet to the fire to make sure you do the right stuff. The words, the commandments are instructions for how to live a good life, and for how to pass on that goodness of life to the rest of the world. They're a blessing and not a burden. Now, if you remember the story from Exodus, the Israelites almost immediately start violating all the ten commandments they start messing up right away they worship idols they start complaining all the time about how rough it is in the wilderness uh, versus how it was back when they were slaves in egypt in other words in other words the people of israel the the hebrew people are doing everything they can to in a sense re-enslave themselves To all sorts of things all sorts of urges ideas activities ways of being they're re-enslaving themselves apart from god so god makes them wander in the wilderness for how long 40 years now as you may recall the number 40 shows up all the time in scripture Old Testament and New Testament like the 40 days and nights that Noah's on the ark the 40 days and nights that Jesus is uh, in the wilderness 40 days and nights that Elijah is in a cave on a mountain 40 is a symbol for just enough time for God to teach you what you need to know in order to fulfill your mission 40 is a time of preparation I love how the uh The 19th century Hasidic rabbi of Vitesk put it, quote, it took one day for the Jews to get out of Egypt, but it took 40 years for Egypt to get out of the Jews. That gets at what this time of preparation was all about. So when we get to the second time that Moses issues or reads or tells the people the Ten Commandments, It's 40 years later, that wasn't God right there. I mean, God spoke on Mount Sinai, but not there. Unless there's something going on that I'm not aware of. So when we get to the second time that God, or that Moses shares the Ten Commandments with the people, we're now in the book of Deuteronomy. And it's 40 years later, the end of the time of wandering, which means that most of the first generation of freed Israelites are already dead and so Moses is speaking to their children and their grandchildren just as they're about to cross into the promised land and he reminds them of God's words from Mount Sinai I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and you shall have no other gods before me and you shall not make for yourself any idols And then Moses continues, you shall not take the Lord your God's name in vain. Now, what does that mean? Okay, well, there are lots of interpretations. Lots of interpretations for what that means. Because despite what you may hear from, you know, people who say they take the Bible literally, uh, not everything you read in scripture is all that crystal clear, right? Usually you hear that this commandment means one of two things. Some say it's about not making oaths or vows using God's name. Like in a courtroom when you're told to say, so help me God. Yeah, I know there are people who believe that that's what this commandment means, like Mennonites and Jehovah's Witnesses who will never uh, take any vows using God's name. But honestly, there's nothing in this commandment about that specifically. So, it's an interpretation of what it means. Or, you hear that the commandment is a rule against cussing. Like, using the phrase, we have all been taught we are not supposed to say. But that I am going to say right now here in church. For heuristic purposes. (laughs) Just, just... Just hear me out. The phrase is, God damn. You know, when it comes to those words, the honest truth is the problem is not the God part. After all, God's name isn't God. In Hebrew, God's name is Yahweh, even though no one really knows how to pronounce that sacred name. And Jews never say that word at all. Instead, they use the Hebrew word Adonai, which you may have heard, which means Lord, which is why in English we often say Lord. Every time you see Lord in the Old Testament, it's it's another word for Yahweh. So the issue here is with the word damn. As if any one of us fallible human beings can ever be in a position to tell the Lord our God to damn anybody or anything we please right that's kind of presumptuous so if it's not about oaths and it's not about cussing what does this commandment mean well the interpretation and again it's an interpretation that makes the most sense to me is one that relies on a literal uh, translation of the Hebrew in the original text in English it reads word for word You shall not bear or carry the name of Yahweh your God in the wrong way. So to bear or to carry is a direct translation of the Hebrew word nasa, And you find it all over the book of Exodus. For example, it's there for people lifting up bread dough. It's for chiefs who bear the burden of judging other people for carrying the ark of the covenant and for the bearing the carrying of guilt and the idea of bearing names shows up a lot in Exodus 2. Moses's brother Aaron bears the names of the sons of Israel on a breastplate that he wears when he goes into the tabernacle to uh, To uh, lift up the people before God's presence. He has a literal breastplate on which the names are written and Maybe you've heard the beautiful words That God tells Moses to use in ordaining his brother Aaron as the first high priest you often hear these words as a benediction in Christian churches the lord bless and keep you the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace a lot of you've heard those words before but then right there in the next verse god says so they shall put my name on the israelites and i will bless them As they bear my name God puts his name on the people in order that they can bear it and share the blessing they carry with the whole world that's why to this day it's a tradition among Jews to wear little boxes on their foreheads you've ever seen these to fill in sometimes they're called phylacteries from a from a, a Latin word they put them on their foreheads when they do their morning prayers not all Jews, but a lot of Jews, especially Orthodox men. So inside the little box is a scroll that tells them how God saved their ancestors from slavery in Egypt. And so they literally bear the name of the Lord on their faces, kind of like I have a Band-Aid on my face, I guess. But anyway, in that way, it makes perfect sense for us to uh, say that the commandment do not bear the name of the Lord your God in vain, means this. Do not misrepresent God. Or do not bring shame to the Lord your God by how you carry yourself, by how you act, what you say, and what you do. Biblical scholar Carmen Imes illustrates this really nicely. She She says this, imagine you're in a group of uh, college students. takes a lot of imagination for some of us, yes. But yes, imagine you're in a group of college students and, you know, you're all wearing the sweatshirt with your college's name on it. Let's say it says Cal in big, you know, golden letters on a blue background. Or if you prefer Stanford or some other college out there. So you drive into town, you go to a bar and you get totally hammered. You get into all sorts of fights, you get kicked out of the bar, and you're driving back home, and almost immediately you swerve and you hit a bunch of cars on the side of the road. So, is that story going to hit the news? Yeah. And when it does, what kind of an impression does that leave about your school? Not a good one. So it's the same thing when the people of God misbehave in public. They misrepresent the God of love and mercy and justice and peace. So, what does all this mean for us as Christians? Well, in the third scripture reading in your bulletin, Jesus himself gets right back to that familiar metaphor from the Hebrew Bible in the Sermon on the Mount, he says this You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. People do not light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. Rather, they put it on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see the good your good works and give glory to your father in heaven you see he's basically restating the commandment not to bear god's name in vain or wrongly to us as christians as followers of jesus just like our ancestors in faith at mount sinai we are called to be the light of the world because through Christ as non-jews we have been adopted empowered and called to be representatives of God too to other people you know another way to get at this is to think about the sacrament of baptism okay when a minister Steve or I or any other church you've been to when we baptize a baby or a A young person or anybody we always ask what is the Christian name of that person the Christian name of a person is whatever names they carry aside from their family name their last name their surname all their names aside from that and that's because we are all part of one body we're all part of one family there is nothing that separates us from God or from one another not even family ties we all bear the same family name and that name is Christian and there's power in that name responsibility too because as Christians as individuals as a community of faith we Bear the name of Jesus Christ in order to shine the light of his love. Not we should bear the light. Jesus says, We are the light. You and me and all of us together all over this world, we are the light of the world as Christ comes into us. As a church, we live in a time full of falsehoods all around us. So we as a church, as the light of the world, in a world full of falsehoods, we are to speak the truth in love. When we encounter suffering, we are to be bearers of mercy. In the face of entrenched evil, we are to be courageous witnesses to the good. As a church, we represent God's presence and power through the commitments we make together in mission and outreach and education and worship and all the rest. As best we can, we shine light by how we care for one another, how we welcome strangers, act to forgive one another, advocate for the voiceless, and try to help those who may be stumbling to get back on their feet. Now, do we always do this? Do we always bear the name of the Lord and shine the light of Jesus Christ? Well, it's a rhetorical question. Of course not. Just like the people of Israel in the book of Exodus, we follow idols. we, we, We enslave ourselves. We allow other people to stay in slavery. All sorts of things. Which reminds me of an old Jewish saying. That God lighted israel's lamp it means that when times get tough or the people just screw up they need we need a spark of divine intervention to do our job of representing the god of love and it's the same for us as followers of jesus we don't make our own light it comes to us from god from the god who dwells within us In a well-known metaphor, uh, the medieval scholar, St. Thomas Aquinas, said that we are more like the moon than the sun, because our light is reflected. It's not of our own making. So even when our lamps go out, we can somehow, by the grace of God, still reflect the light of Christ, which always shines. Through the gloom. I'll close with a, a story I really like. I've shared it before. Harry Louder was an entertainer, an entertainer in Scotland in the early 20th century. And he used to describe the lamp lighter, the guy who would go up the street of all the towns in, in, in Scotland and the states, all sorts of places back in those days. He'd go up and light all the gas lamps from his own torch. So he'd stroll by Harry Lauder's home each night to light the gas lamps and he'd light the light the light in front of the Lauder's house and then he'd he'd make his way up the street back and forth from one side to the other so that in the deepening twilight, the boy would eventually lose sight of the lamplighter himself. But he explained I always knew where he was by the avenue of light he left behind him. Now that's what you and I are called and created to do too. We bear the name of God, we shine whatever light we can in whatever little part of the world we happen to be in. And people notice, So, wherever you go this week, my prayer is that you won't bear the name of the Lord, your God, in vain, but that you will light up whatever little place you happen to be in. Just remember that you are a bearer of the divine name, a glimmer of the abiding love of Jesus Christ, and shine.